All right, well, hey guys, welcome back to the Forever Faithful podcast. I'm Christian Dyer, and joined by me is uh, Dion uh, from 49er Gang podcast. Um, Brandon's supposed to be here with us, but he's having some technical technical difficulties, and so hopefully he'll join us about how hopefully sometime in the show. Um, we've been trying to figure it out for the past 30 minutes. So, but otherwise, how are you doing, Dion? I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm ready for some football tomorrow. That's for sure. Yeah, man. You know, I know I went on a little bit of a strike necessarily since Jimmy's the quarterback. I don't necessarily want to watch. Um, but uh, I got a couple of faithful kind of bugging me a little bit, telling me I should watch and support the team. But I'm like, yeah, I don't really know. You I mean, know. I under- I understand though because like especially tomorrow this game could easily get out of hand and be hard to watch. Like for me, I think, I feel like the only way we're going to win is if we're just constantly running the ball. I I just, I I, like, I know JJ Watts not there, but I still think the pat their pass rush is going to be good. And Jimmy's going to be, you know, he's going to be freaking on the ground a lot. And if he's getting hit a lot, he's not really (laughs) play. He doesn't play very well. So I think if, if the run game isn't going and we're not able to run, a lot, then I, I just I I don't see how the offense is gonna gonna function because I still think um, Arizona's defensive line is gonna be really good. Yeah, with us right now, to be honest with you, man, it's very simple. Um, run the ball, and to be honest with you, I'm not, Kyler's gonna play. Uh, he's oh, gonna yeah. play. I don't I don't see him not playing. His limited mobility does not stop his threat as a thrower. Um, you know, they are minus AJ Green. Uh, I do believe D Hop's going to play. He's going to probably be doing what he did before, where he's going to be in and out. You know, yeah. he's going to be in on some plays, out on a few other plays. So you probably see a little more Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, a little more Rondale Moore, stuff like that. But um, the key for us strictly is contain. And on offense, it's run the ball. The, the biggest issue I have here on offense, honestly, is the fact that we wasted a third-round pick on Trey Sermon. See, Typically, I, I, your first to third-round picks usually play, and they usually play a significant amount of time. And Trey Sermon is just getting buried on the depth chart further and further. Hasty came back. He ain't seen him since. Jeff Wilson is possibly going to back, going to be back. So, you know, he's going to get buried even more. I have a feeling they're probably going to even drop him down to the damn practice squad at this point. See, but I, that, see, that's what I don't understand because I still maintain the fact that we um, drafted him for, you know, Trey Lance in the first place. His style of play fits the way our offense would run with Trey Lance. So the fact that it's Jimmy, maybe it's just that his style of play doesn't fit for Jimmy, which I would think makes a lot of sense too. Um, and that's why he just isn't getting a chance to play where, because when you, I mean, I could be wrong, but it's just, it's, you know, it's just a, it's just a guess, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, because you know, obviously with Jimmy, we kind of, you know, aren't, aren't really able to run between the tackles for one. And that's, that's what Sermon's what better, at. better at. And Mitchell, he's, um, suck, man. he's, he's, you know, he's going to run it, the outside zone reads and stuff. And that's what we're doing. We're good at with Jimmy. And that's not mm-hmm. what Trey's Trey's you know, but Trey's also a zone read running back. So if with Sermons, you know, he's a zoning running back, so he's gonna be um really helpful, really helpful to, to uh, uh Trey Lance. Trey Lance and, and everything and, that goes everything with the, that you goes know, with the run pass option and whatnot. So I I think that maybe him not playing is because he was drafted for um Trey Lance in the first place, and we wasted a high yeah. round draft pick on him because we didn't want to not be able to have him when Trey Lance does come to play. That's what I think because I think Mitchell's a great running back, and I'm glad we have him. But I think if we're going to be running, you know, an offense designed to make, you know, to to win and to be really good for Trey Lance, that's going to be Trey Sermon, not Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, and I definitely, you know, I'm saying I definitely want to see. What Trey Sermon has to offer is just like I said, because we have the issue of him being drafted so high and him being wasted. Same thing with Aaron Banks. Another second round pick that's just basically rotting on the sidelines. 
So that um, one I don't understand at all. I have yeah, no explanation for that one. <laughs> no one has any explanation for that. And then the big issue, honestly, for me is we're at home and we don't win at home. We haven't yeah. won at home in over a year. So that's what scares the shit out of me, you know. And, and to and be a honest lot, with a you, a lot of it's been from coaching too for not winning at home. So it's very much so. To be honest with you, I and I keep, I'll keep, I'll keep it a buck. If we lose to a Colt McCoy-led Cardinals team, do you understand what this fan base is going to do? Like, you got to think about it. You already don't give them the option to be able to win at home. And then on top of that, you might even lose to Colt McCoy? We ain't oh, barely know, right? We ain't started a game since I believe he was with the Redskins. So... Um. You never know, yeah. man. I mean, I just – I don't understand it at all. I really don't get it. Not by any stretch of the imagination, my brother. Nope, not at all. It's definitely frustrating, man. Hopefully we can get this stuff on, on board and get get on top of it and, you know what I'm saying, at least get the run game rolling in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think in order to win, we have to run a lot. We have to come up with some, like, designed, like, trickery runs and, and stuff like that. Um we need to run, you know, be able to run in between the tackles a little bit more, which if Jeff Wilson's there, that means we're going to be, should be able to run between the tackles because I mean, maybe, maybe it's, um, you know, Jimmy's fault because they stacked the box and Mitchell can't run in between the tackles, but he has not run between the tackles much. Um, and we haven't been able to, and I don't know whose fault that is, but, um, you know, Maybe with Jeff Wilson coming back, that's what he's good at anyway. But that's the thing is that's what Trey Lance is supposed to be good at. Or not Trey Lance, but Trey Sermon's supposed to be good at, and he we're not doing it at all. And I'm like, well, it's all nice and you know freaking great that we can run on the outside and get a lot of yards, but I'd like to be able to run between the tackles a little bit here and there too. Yeah, and the thing is is Trey Sermon was running very well between the tackles. There was no issues. So it's it's it's, it's the, the, the simple concept of thunder and lightning, um, you know, like they used to have, for Christ's sakes. Brandon Jacobs and oh, for the life of me, I cannot remember the other dude's name. But they were in, they were they were with the Giants. And they used to call themselves like Thunder and Lightning. It was like Brandon Jacobs was your bruiser, your banger, and the other dude was the home run hitter. He was fast. Was and that's Bradshaw. what we had. Bradshaw. There you go. Bradshaw. Yep. Yeah. So you gotta think about it. That's what that that's the same concept with Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is your banger. If you're on the goal line, put Trey Sermon in. If you're, exactly. you know, if you're, if you're 20, 30 yards out, keep running with Elijah Mitchell. He'll most likely break one and he can probably, he has the speed to be able to get home. Yeah. So yeah, you think also, about that. He's also not going to bring, break, you know, Elijah Mitchell's not going to break arm tackles. He's not, you know, he's not even built to run in between, you know, between the tackles in the first place. Exactly. The, that I mean, much he's, is very He's true. a great runner and he's fast, but he's not built to run in between the tackles. That's the whole I mean, point just, of it. So that's what I'm saying. And like, it's nice that Jeff Wilson's coming back, but Jeff Wilson's not 100%. And we wouldn't even have to worry no. about him coming back if they would just give the ball to Sermon. And I, obviously there's something there because, you know, in order in order for things that had to change for Ayuk, apparently he had to get in a screaming match with Kyle, which – Well, look, you know, man. I know, I know, I know Ayuk's taken he, he, a big heat on that, but I guarantee you he, he probably had to do it to wake Kyle to fuck up because Kyle's got his head up his ass. So I will say – I will say this as a player, you you don't take kindly to people publicly shaming you. No one takes kindly to that. I got John Lynch on my ass. I got Jimmy Garoppolo talking crap when he has no business saying anything about me. I've got Kyle Shanahan talking about me. I've got Matt Mayoko talking about me. I got Cam Amy. I got all of these people talking about me. So I got yeah, I gotta run up on you a little bit, man. I'm sorry. You know it's what I'm like saying? A- and that was that that's well deserved. If I if that's me. And I'm Brandon Ayuk. I got to look at it. Hey, man, look, I'm going to need you to shut your mouth, bro. I'm open. Tell your quarterback to throw me the ball. How about you get that figured out before you go out there slandering my name and putting well, me, throwing me under the bus and making it seem like I'm trash when it's obviously the person that's throwing the ball. I can't throw the ball to myself. See, I bet you they got in a screaming match because fucking I bet you Ayuk probably got sick and tired of being the scapegoat for Kyle and Jimmy. Oh, Kyle's fucking calling shitty games and, and not you know being a good head coach. Oh, it's Brandon Ayuk's sure. fault. He ain't doing what he's supposed to do. Oh, you know, he's not getting the ball and stuff in the game. And even though he's, you know, open us up, well, that's Jimmy's fault. But we're going to blame, we're going to blame Ayuk. Yeah. I mean, and you can't keep Jimmy's, doing that. Jimmy showed us last week that it's not Ayuk's fault. 
against Zobar. I mean, it's, Jesus Christ. Ayuk was so wide open on that freaking out route. And I don't even know if he was an out route. I think he was coming across the freaking uh, – coming across the field and was wide open, though, on a freaking – obviously, it's outside the numbers. So how, how often can you expect Jimmy to make that throw? But Jimmy mm-hmm. makes the throw, and it's out of bounds and not even you know to a point where a freaking IU can make a play on it. And when, I'm, when I watch that play and I'm like, okay, well, where's the defender? So Jimmy couldn't get the ball in there. And there's not anybody freaking anywhere near Ayuk. Oh, so so, yeah, so he must have bur- he must have burned the linebacker or corner who, or safety whoever was covering him. And he was wide the fuck open at the you know on the corner, and but Jimmy can't make the throw, and he throws it out of bounds. It's, well, yeah, so that's sh- not Ayuk's shout- fault. Yeah, so shout out to our guys at the Red and Gold, you know, Red and Gold podcast, Forty um, ers Hive. So Zach and Matt were talking about this, and Zach doesn't like to put a lot of uh, uh, a lot of movement behind some of the things that are said. I'm going to take this and run with it. It was said basically that when he was on the side, that Kyle, when Kyle was on the sideline with the bears, he basically told Jimmy, this is simple shit. Can you run it or not? Like, come on, man. I'm, I, I, this is way too simplified. You can't keep sitting up here, you know, making me look stupid while you out here screwing up left and right. You're either going to run these players. I'm going to put the kid in here. Like get it together, man. I, wonder if I that think that, that actually happened, and I think that at some point Kyle's starting to get frustrated. He's like, look, man, I'm giving you as many passes as I can. I'm putting you out here. You know what I'm saying? I keep riding with you. I don't publicly shame you. I don't do anything to make you know to hurt your feelings outside of draft this young kid. You know, you got to go out there and still earn your paycheck, man. And if you're not going to earn your paycheck, this kid's going to earn his. And you're going to wind up sitting your ass on the bench. And I'm not going to give a shit because I'm not going to look bad for you. Um, so I, I – to me, I honestly feel like that happened, and I hope that it did, because at some point you've got to hold him accountable. Like, uh, so one How of can the, you hold him accountable the, when he can't even hold himself accountable? That's the problem. Because like, you that's, that that that's all coaching. To be honest no, with you, I, that's all coaching. And then at the same time, that needs to be that that that's that's a, a influential thing from the people around you. Like, do you have a bunch of yes men hanging out with you, telling you you ain't doing nothing wrong? Because in life, you need that person that's going to keep it 100 with you and tell you when you're wrong or you're right. You know what I'm saying? My, my, one of my best friends, Aaron, if I call him and I give him a scenario, he'll tell me if I'm wrong. He yeah. won't just give me a yes well, answer all the time. And Jimmy's got to have that. But that's the thing is in the press conferences, D- Debo seems irritated. I don't, and that's the thing is I don't know if he's calling Jimmy out because you can see he's clearly irritated. Even though he's been playing great, he's like, well, I'm bailing him out and taking these big hits and this and that. And then obviously – Brandon Ayuk's freaking body language on the sideline tells you he's sick and tired of Jimmy's shit, I, and I, he might be the only one that legitimately is calling his ass out. Because, because I'll tell you right now, like he's you're not going to have from, other people. The other people sitting, won't do it. Yeah, and that's the thing though is he, but you notice he's mm-hmm. like sitting away from everybody on the sideline. You know, not sitting with the offense. He's, you know, he's obviously he's sitting with Kyle. He a lot of time, you know, he had when yep. you notice he's away, but he's near Kyle. He's trying to figure out offensive shit with Kyle, and I think maybe that's part of the reason he's staying away from the offense. But he's probably frustrated because he's obviously not, I mean, anybody would be anybody would be you know, you know not really playing terribly, even though you know he he's gotten the crap for the since the beginning of the season. He's not getting a lot of balls thrown his way because Jimmy looks through looks for Debo, and if he can't immediately get the ball to Debo, then well, well, no, we just hope we can complete the damn pass. So yeah. that's part of it. And then, you know, Jimmy just goes and fucking makes excuses on the podium and shit, and then it all goes to fucking Ayuk, and it's like, obviously he's freaking sick and tired of it. It's probably what the screen match can't, was for. My thing is you can't blame somebody who's not – who wasn't targeted. I didn't drop any balls. I didn't catch any balls. So I was just on the field. You know, it's not my fault y'all used me as a decoy. There's nothing I can do about that. You know, he can't throw the ball to himself. He can't get any more open than he is. And there's just certain times where you just have to make the plays. And at the end of the day, it comes down to Jimmy making plays. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't and, make plays, though. He just makes what he, Kyle schemes up for him. That's what but people he's don't got understand. His, and and that, that's the one thing that nobody understands, man. We all are sitting here baffled and confused. I know that the guy Damon Bruce screwed up when he said that he would rather lose games with Trey than win with Jimmy. I think what he meant was – I would rather watch Trey develop than to continue to watch Jimmy fail. Because you you don't want to – nobody wants to lose a game. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to lose any games at all. But you've got to hope and pray that this dude is making it happen. 
it's you know it's 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 this simple. Jimmy's making mistakes that we would expect the rookie to make. So why not just sit through and deal with the mistakes the rookie makes mm-hmm. instead of sitting there having to sit watching the eight year vet make those same mistakes? It's like it's it's a lot easier to watch and not be so frustrated when you're watching a, a rookie right. make those mistakes and go, well, he's a rookie. He's you know he's going to make those mistakes at the growing pains. But when your eight year vet does the same shit, it's way more infuriating. Because oh yeah, it's man. Two that, different that, things. And so, your fan base is pissed off. You know, like you, you can't. I mean, when you hear, if you're a head coach, and you hear boos from your crowd, that affects you. No matter how much they say that, like when last year, um, when they said that, you know, it didn't matter if fans were there or not. Everybody who said that was lying, and I'll tell you why. You feed off of the energy the fans give you. When you score a touchdown and that stadium goes insane, you love it. You know what I mean? Was, are you about to go to OBJ's uh, editor and drop uh, vid? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, no, please, man. Don't do that, IU, because th- that, that would be an uh, hour-long video of how don't many times like- he was standing wide open, butt naked, you know, selling cookies, yeah. and he yeah, was he's, just struggling. He's not, he's not the kind of guy that OBJ is anyway. Obviously, OBJ wants the ball, but – we don't need to get into that. This isn't the Browns freaking podcast. Well, no, the, here's the thing. A lot of people are, are are wanting us to go after OBJ. Number one, I just saw something that said we don't even have a waiver, like a waiver request. So we, we can't even put in a claim form. I here's, don't want him in the locker room. Okay, put, put it like this. I, I said this on my show, and I, I'll say it again. The only way OBJ comes in here is if it is explained to him how the system works. The system typically with a competent quarterback is developed for the open man, not for just you. It's developed for whoever is open. Now, unfortunately, with Jimmy in here, it's anybody over the middle and in the flat. That's who's open because OBJ is running actual crisp routes. He's doing other things. And then at the same time, yes, I agree with you. It's hard to, to want him in here because of the whole kind of diva-ish mentality. But I can I see a player who's saying, my value and my stock is dropping because you're just not even attempting to come my way. But I'm frustrated with that. I, I don't think – see, but I don't think that's the case. I think you – with what you said a minute ago about how he has to come in and be with the system, you just answered our question yourself by saying that because – the, the reason the Browns don't do good – obviously the Browns' offense isn't as good with OBJ's in there. You know why? Because Baker felt he had to freaking force the ball to OBJ whether he's open or not. And their offense didn't run as smoothly because what is the Browns' offense? Get the, guy, get the ball to the open guy. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Throw the ball to the open guy. Well, when you're, running, mm-hmm. when you're doing that and then, and then Baker goes, oh, well, I got to force it to OBJ because he's going to go whine and cry to everybody and act like a little bitch then their offense doesn't work correctly. What happened when OBJ goes down? All of a sudden, the Browns' offense is 10 times better because what is Breaker not doing? Forcing the ball. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says about OBJ being fucking open. No. Yeah, no. OBJ when, looking, when he's not in the it game, has nothing to do better. with that. They're better when he's not in the game because their quarterback's not forcing his fucking bitch ass the ball. Like, that's he's true. a whiny, he's a whiny bitch. He's, that's why, like I said in the chat, I'm pretty sure – I don't know if you remember, I was like, yeah, if OBJ is going to come here, then freaking um, – then, uh, you know, Jerry Rice is going to have to go and show him how to, you know, how to how to go in there and freaking, you know, be an asshole. Just be a professional, without, without, man. Be, but be an be asshole without being – while being a professional. Because that's yeah. the one thing Jerry Rice did so good because if you ask anybody in Jerry Rice when it came to football, he's a freaking prick. But he did yeah, it professionally. Yeah, he yeah because he he, he, he wants to win. Well, it's a perfect example. You know, there there's a time and a place for it, and to act certain way. It's like when they're in the Super Bowl in the nine in ninety four, the end of the ninety four season in ninety five, and Dion's going out and partying before the game. Jimmy got or no, Jerry got all on his ass. That's a big that's a big thing that happened. Like Jerry Rice got all over Dion Sanders for freaking, you know, flashing this and going out and partying and shit when they're supposed to be worried about the game. Yeah, man, so, you gotta be real. You gotta be locked in. And, and the one thing is, like, you know, when you're you're drafting players or you're talking to players, you have to know that these guys eat, sleep, and breathe football, man. Like, it, it's their yeah. life. It's what they're dedicated to, and it's truthfully what they want to do, man. Um, see, flip it to the, the thing is, is the, these diva receivers don't know how to be 
have to have a good middle because you can be a little bit of a diva receiver, but you have to know how also how to be there's a, a balance. Yeah, there's, there's a, a balance. balance, and not many, not many, you know, receivers have really learned that balance. And it's very, and it's, it's some, very hard to maintain. Some some receivers are good enough that how they act and how they are doesn't matter. Terrell Owens, for example, mm-hmm. his 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 you know his talent was so good it didn't matter what he did. You know, act he could act like a diva and not you know be act super professional, but he still was going to go out there and show out. Mm-hmm. Not many receivers, not many receivers can do that. So that's the thing, though, is I, OBJ already. I think he's overrated. His his whole career has still been based off one catch, and what has he done since? Like we took one yeah, catch, much we took one catch and acted like he was like the greatest receiver, and it's like no, he's not. There's a lot of better receivers. Jarvis Landry's a better receiver than OBJ. Well, he's got sure he's got way sure hands, man. I've never seen Landry well, doesn't drop route runner. doesn't drop balls, and he's a he, route runner. I wouldn't say OBJ doesn't run routes. He does, but I think the the thing is, is uh, I would say Landry's route tree is is extended, you know, versus OBJ's. OBJ might be good if you're going to throw it to him a fade route in the end zone or in the red zone, you know, and it's a red zone play and you throw him a fade route, you know, or if you throw him a you know. Him in the safety by himself when you throw him up, go up and get the ball. But you're not going to throw him like, oh, run this route, run this route, get open. No, he needs, you know, he's. I mean, he can run routes, but he's he he hasn't done anything to show me like he's this great player. And I see like Niner fans on Twitter like, oh my god, I want him so bad, and blah blah blah. Right, why? You got to remember, man. Those are people seeing a big name and just automatically going, well, we got to go get him because here here here's here's the reason why our fan base does this. Is because they watch other teams in our division do it. They watch the Rams figure out a way to get Von Miller. They watch the uh, the Cardinals figure out a way to do whatever they do. Yeah, but they're getting center. players that have the the re- the you know have the resume. Mm-hmm. OBJ doesn't have a resume. He's just it's all talk. He's got it. Hey, he's got enough of a resume to make people think he's he's that great. I'm not I'm not I'm not falling in line with everyone else. I'm just telling you that's what they're thinking because that's the main issue that everybody has. But either way, man, um enough of the OBJ. We'll, we'll uh, let me just say over. this. We we freaking fawn over, you know, like go crazy over a guy that his notoriety is from one catch and fighting the the kicking net. And failing and then and then proposing to it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just I, I don't think he's that great and I'm sorry, but his skill his his ability is does not isn't good enough to overcome his diva status. So I don't want yeah, to be anywhere near the So on the defensive side of the ball, our uh, back end is gonna be looking a lot different. It's gonna be a tel a Telenoa Hufunka and Tavon Wilson show. Um mm-hmm. Tavon Wilson played great during the preseason. Um he was talked about, he was lauded very well during the preseason. Um, as far as uh, when Tart was out, um, and Talano Hufunga, everybody seems to love this kid. I know I do. Um, and he's going to be starting for us, and I think he's going to run around and make some plays, oh, man. Dude. I see he Talanoa so as a hard. safety hybrid linebacker and and safety. It, it's just this young kid, man, has an immense amount of talent. And plus, at the same time, I trust people who hang out with dudes who are great. This guy hangs out with Troy Polamalu. That doesn't have comparing him to, and, and that that here's here's the thing. If there's one thing that you have to understand, cultures tend to lean toward their own culture. Take yeah. for instance, look at wrestling. The Rock. His grandfather was a wrestler, High Chief Peter Maivia. His father was a wrestler, Rocky Johnson. He becomes a wrestler. Rikishi comes in. The Wild Samoans, uh, the Usos, Roman Reigns. Like, there's a lineage there that tells you these dudes wrestle. It's what they do. They're good at it. And there's no one else that's going to be better than them because they've got a long list of people waiting to come down the pike to be able to do what they do. When it comes to Hufunga, you have to remember the Samoan people stick together. So why wouldn't you take that that you know that young Samoan and put him out there and say, look, man, come on, hang out with me, man. Let me go ahead and make sure we teach you the ropes, get you right. It's only fair. I mean, hell, look at the Bosas. Don't get me wrong. Joey and Nick too. are probably the best out of their out of their family, but 
It's a lineage. Their There's dad played family. professional football too. Yeah. So you see that, and you know that that's that starts to become the the norm. Look at Asante Samuel Jr. Young kid balling. Better than his damn dad good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And his and it's and see, and I I like me a ball hawk, and his daddy goes a ball hawk. So yeah. I think Hufanga and Wilson are going to be fine back there. I don't have no worries about safety position at all. The reason I like Afonga so much is, and I don't have a problem with people comparing him to Paul Malu, is because they he had his motor is so similar. Oh, yeah. The way the way that you know, and so fluidly too, the way that Paul Malu could go just can sideline to sideline, control that whole that whole backfield, and it just that's how Hufanga looks like. He's just that that head that's so powerful, like heavy motor, just you know, sideline to sideline everywhere, always near the ball. He just kind of seems to have that knack. You know, obviously, you know, he's not, you know, he's not Palomalu. Palomalu is a Hall of Famer and one of the greatest defensive backs of all time. But he's he he has a lot of similarities that make you like really excited. Outside just, of the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just he he's I'm I'm really excited. I think he was one of the steals of the draft. Um but you can you you really can't go wrong when you're when you're th- when you think about getting a DB out of that from from USC. They're, they've had yeah, so I many, mean DBs out so of many USC. Great DBs out of USC. Yeah, they they mostly were uh, the only other the, the one the only other one we drafted that didn't work out was Taylor Banks. We like yeah, we don't like true. to get that pick. He did not. He didn't pan out. And a lot you know a lot of the reason Taylor Mays didn't work out because he didn't know how to tackle. Taylor Mays gotten so used to hitting people and them falling that he would never wrap up. And I watched it because a lot of his college tape, that's what he was doing. He was hitting so hard that people just couldn't. It's like, uh, you up here with the big boys, man. That hitting don't mean nothing. It bounce off your ass like a ping pong ball and go right into the end zone. So probably is Taylor is. He thought he was Ronnie Lott, but not quite. I just knew we didn't hit that hard. Um, so what do you think about the D line going into this game, man? What 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 do we have on tap for our defensive line? It's it's, it's of hard course to we see. have no we have no DJ Jones and we don't have any Javon Kinlaw right now. It's it's hard to say because if you know if we have um, Kyler Murray playing, he's going to be very immobile and, and we'll be able to keep him in the pocket. Um, so the thing is, is if if um, Murray does play, I think Bosa could have possibly three sacks. But other than that, I don't know because I don't trust anybody else rushing the passer other than Bosa. Um, Seven you know, sacks on the season. Yeah, and so, unlike unlike Ch- unlike Chandler Jones, he didn't stack all those up in one game and then disappear for the rest of the season. Yeah, and that's the that thing young is, man has been balling. But Bosa's the only one I trust, and like that's that's kind of the thing that I was like, I don't really know, you know, the other side. So I don't really know what's going to happen with this D line. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. uh, with you know, kind of a beat up D line, and you know, we only have one guy that we can trust on it. Um, I think we're just have yeah. to. I think with this one, with Kyler, if Kyler Murray plays, we're gonna have the, the we're gonna have to start calling some more blitzes. Like you're gonna have to be sending Al Shire because I, I, he'll get to him. I think if we could, if we we but we I think we need to dial up a more blitzes if Murray plays because he's not gonna be able to run around a lot on that ankle. He's gonna try to stay yeah, stationary. I, and to be honest with you, now that you say dial up more blitzes, send Hufunga. Yeah, that's true. Send him. He will be the perfect blitzer because you know we every now and then we cheat Jimmy Ward up, and Jimmy Ward typically is the guy that will do our our safety blitzes. But if you cheat Hufunga up and and get him in there, I feel like he's going to be better at not over pursuing Kyler Murray. And then with him being not as mobile with that ankle injury, that's going to be the beautiful situation for us because we go ahead and we turn it into you know what I'm saying us get be possibly being able to get a sack. Um. As far as the defensive backs, they cleaned it up a lot in the last game. Um, as far as the PIs, that was a fantastic job. What I had, what I will say is this is an offense-driven league. So, yes, they want to see more scoring. So they will go ahead and provide them pass interferences that are sometimes some of the most ticky-tack fouls you can think of. Do you believe that that continues? Um, I See, I don't know. Um, I think – Regardless of who's the quarterback for them, I think it probably. I have a feeling it's going to continue because I feel like their offensive game plans. I'm like, well, you know, if we play Kyler, 
we got to throw it up. We just got to throw it up with our good receivers and hope that they either catch it or they, we get a PI. And the fact that they have, if they have McCoy, then they're going to hope for the same thing because they aren't going to expect McCoy to, you know, move the offense up and down the field. So they're going to have to get chunk plays. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of the pass interference calls and a lot of deep balls. Um, but the one thing I wonder too is if, you know, especially because I, I mean, I do think I thought for hundred percent that Kyler was going to play regardless you know, what kind of defense do we run in general with a immobile Kyler Murray because that ankle and then probably looking to getting the ball out a lot quicker than normal because, you know, Kyler likes to hold on to the ball and then wait for, you know, routes to develop and get the, then get the ball out. He doesn't like to throw it as quick and as often, um, you know, he likes to throw it down the field a lot and then, you know, let uh, guys kind of get open and find the, find the, um, the zones why he's running around and making things happen. But, and that's going to be a big part of their offense. So taking that away, like, and they're going to be going, you know, trying to run shorter, shorter, like routes and throws. Are we going to run more of a zone defense, which we, I feel like we tend to do more often than not mm-hmm. anyway. Or are we going to actually try and step up and play okay. man? Because I think if we play a little bit more man, we can negate some of the deep throws and some of the, the, the penalties in the first place. Um, because we're gonna not, I think that just playing man alone is gonna take away a lot of the under under throws too. Because you know they're gonna be trying to get it out quick, and if Kyler can't run a lot, then you know I think even if we can't get sacks, we can at least hopefully get a lot of pressures. And so I think man, I think man would help us more, like help us with that a little bit more than running a zone. I think even with a bad ankle, Kyle or Kyler Murray can eat up our zone defense. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see how we just how we play them defensively if Kyler is in there. Um, I, I guess I think with, with honestly with with uh, their backup quarterback there McCoy, I think we can just kind of do whatever. Obviously, because I don't think their offense is going to run as good with him in there. But even an injured Kyler, still you have to worry just because of the fact you don't know which defense we're going to run and um, what they're going to do with with Kyler because they also might be able to just run the ball too because both our guys that are supposed to be the big guys and stop the run up the middle are are injured so uh it's going to be interesting to see I would expect this game to be more low scoring on both sides because I would I would just I w- would be surprised if 17 10 <laughs> well yeah I, I just don't see a shootout I don't I, it yeah, doesn't yeah I, I there's I mean obviously Jimmy can barely even get in a shootout to begin with, but I don't, I think we're going to have to run the ball. Um, I think uh, they're going to have to run the ball with their, you know, injury to quarterback. So um, I'm just going to kind of have to wait and like really pay attention in the first quarter to kind of see how things are going. And then I'll, you know, maybe get an idea of how the game's going to go. I I still, I mean, I, I don't know how many other people, but I still don't see us winning. Yeah, so we got a question here uh, from Brandon. What do we think about our new uh, defensive player that we got from Houston? I have no idea how to say his last name, so I'm not going to try that. Um, what I think, honestly, about him is I've seen some tape, and I've seen that he's you know, looked great at pass rushing, but that tape was from 2019. Um, and I've seen a little bit of tape from this year. So it's a wait-and-see approach with me. I'm not going to judge people off what they did on a different team because that's a different team, a different scheme, and it's not what we do. So it's a wait-and-see approach for me. I do like what I saw as far as a couple of sacks, but uh, I, I don't really have a, a an extensive idea of who this guy is. So hopefully maybe if he gets a couple of snaps here and there in this game, he can give us an idea of what he what he can do because at the same time a lot of people say well he's graded at, at you know he's he's one of PFF's highest graded rushers at pressures I don't care about pressures we get enough pressure on the quarterback as it is I need sacks I, I need the pressures to lead to sacks and you can't just well, tell me well he's graded pressures no one cares about pressures pressures don't turn into sacks it don't mean shit here's what we have to hope though is that because he's now playing on the opposite side of Bosa that those pressures correlate to sacks exactly. because Ebucam doesn't have the pressures to even show while playing with Bosa. So what we can sure. hope for, and maybe what we were hoping for with trading for him is yeah. his pressures and being one of the best at getting pressures this season so far can correlate to some more sacks with the fact that uh, 
you know, Nick Bosa's on the other side of the on the other side of the line, yeah, uh, causing trouble too. So, I yeah, sure. I, for, I actually forgot about him when we mentioned the line. I didn't even think about. It. I don't know if he's playing though. I would expect him. I would honestly would expect him to play a little bit because with, you know, um, with uh, D four going back to IR and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, and then you know only we have Ebucam and stuff. But I, I would I would expect to to see him do it it's you know it's not like he needs a ton of practice in the defense his job is to go and get the quarterback <laughs> so i don't i don't see why he wouldn't play but yeah. if he does play I'm, it'll be exciting to see because maybe his pressures will start turning into sacks because he's you know playing with another great rusher because sometimes these guys that are just you know just on the edge when it comes to getting a lot of pressures but they're not getting the sacks to show for it they just need that little bit that little bit of of a um just have that slight bit, of, bit help of that to allow bit of them help. to get there. It, it, yeah. And it put, you know, especially being a young guy, it pushes them over the edge to where you start seeing the production, uh, you know? Uh, so that hopefully I wouldn't be surprised if that was the front office thinking in the first place is, well, this guy gets a lot of pressures. You, you put him on the other side of Bosa, you know, Bosa takes a double team. Bosa takes a lot of attention. That's when the guy who's, you know, already really good at getting, you know, up in the quarterback's face there's not going to be as much um, stuff going on around him as there might have been in Houston if he was their best pass rusher. So he's going to have less of a um, less of a wall to break through to get to the quarterback. So maybe that makes the difference. Um, I'm just going to have to wait and see. Let me, I'm, I kind of hope he does play on Sunday because if he does, I really want to pay attention to uh, what he's doing. Uh, I do be, too, man. Um, it'll be so a fun I, game to watch inside the game, I would say. Yes, sir. So for me, I have predicted us to lose this game because we're at home and we just don't win at home. Um, I don't have a score prediction. I just don't see us pulling off this W, especially if Kyler and D-Hop are playing. So um, I have us, unfortunately, losing. I don't like to say that we lose. I usually try to bet on this every week, but we're at home. Jimmy's still the starter. Like, this just is a powder keg for, for – Crap. So, what what do you think here? Oh, I I don't have us winning either. I, I have us losing twenty four to fourteen. Um, okay, by ten. I, okay, yeah, but but we lost by seven last time. We lose by ten this time. Okay, and that's assuming Kyler plays um, and still makes plays happen because the, the, he's really tough. At um, the end of the day, at the long, if Kyler plays and we lose, this doesn't look as bad because you that's, expect it. If that's, that's, Colt McCoy wins. And beats the 49ers, I can guarantee you that Kyle is going to have no choice but to bench Jimmy Garoppolo. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we're at home two games in a row. We're at home here, and then we got to play the Rams on Sunday night. And I'm, you know what? And Monday, and, and, Monday and the night. game, on oh, Monday night, I apologize. And uh, the game in LA in January, oh, I'm going to that. I'm going it. I'm going to SoFi, baby. I'll tell you this. I may not like the Rams and I may not really I, I only I only mess with the Chargers because of one of my best friends, Aaron. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, that is a beautiful stadium. Oh, I bet. It, it is gorgeous. I did a virtual tour before they opened the joint in that joint. Is hot. I'm definitely going to that game. And the cool thing is I get to drop my wife off at her at her uh at her godparents' house. Cause she doesn't. She watches football, but she don't watch it like that. Mm-hmm. I get to go and just have fun and get drunk and be able to. That's relax. pretty sweet, dude. That'll be pretty <laughs> Super sweet. sweet, man. But I yeah, mean, man, I I have us losing, unfortunately. I, I, I don't want to say that we lose, but I, I bet against us last week and we won. So mm-hmm. hopefully, me betting against us, we win again. And if that's the case, I'm betting against us every week so we can yeah. get some W. Dude, honestly, the thing is, is I could see us winning, um, but I obviously like. Like I said earlier, there's things that have to work out for us to win. Um, the only thing that worries me, you like, because you you know you're saying that we have no choice but to bench Jimmy if we lose. They have an out for that too, though. Like I said earlier, because I have a feeling Jimmy's going to be on his ass a lot, and then they're going to not blame Jimmy um, for the fact that he didn't play well because he was getting hit a lot because uh, of the defensive line for Arizona. So. I think um, it's kind of interesting because if he does, we don't win and Jimmy doesn't play good, but he's getting hit a lot and he's not, you know, comfortable in the pocket. That's going to be a scapegoat. Like, oh well, it's not Jimmy's fault. He, you know, was getting hit all day. So 
there's that. And then I think in order for us to win, Kyle's going to have to win this with coaching. And that's by coaching up the run game. That's where I'm at. Where if we win, it's because Kyle and his ability to, you know, call the right plays and continue to run that the ball down their throat is what's going to win us the game. And that's why, to you know, when we were first started talking about this this game, I was like, well, if Lance plays, I don't see any reason we wouldn't win this time, especially with an injured Kyler. Um, you know, and I would assume if we did if he did play this time, that Kyle would actually like actually try to help him win unlike he did last time. So I just, I think, you know, and the reason I think that Lance gives us a better chance is because of the the pass rush that Arizona has. You know you're going to get three, four, five extra first downs in this game with Lance in there. And those those three five those three to five extra first downs add up and makes a difference in the game, and Jimmy's not going to get those. Jimmy barely gets first downs on, you know, extends plays on third down for instance anyways, you know, and then, you know, the the thing is Arizona being terrible against the run, you know, it's still scary because with Jimmy in there, they can sell out the run 100%. They can completely sell out the run. And, um, and if they do, then, and we have to pass, well, what do you do? I mean, Jimmy's not going to throw outside the numbers. He can't. And then what are you going to throw it deep a couple of times and hope it works? Not, I'm not hearing you, bro. Are you talking? You say, there we go. There All we go. right. Yeah, sorry about that, man. Yeah, I was just making sure I'm checking in with my brother, man. Oh, okay. um, you know what I'm saying? We're, I'm over here with the fam, bro. I love my Sweet. in-laws. Shit. I'm, I'm one of those very few people that has great in-laws. My brother-in-law is the best, man. That's cool. <laughs> See him here in the background talking shit. <laughs> oh, no, man. I love that dude, man. That's my brother, Jimmy, man. But um, I think this is, this is, this is what I'm going to tell you. I honestly feel like there's a small inkling. I'm gonna I'm gonna go percentages here. I'm gonna go 60-40 that we lose, but that 40 looks really good. And here's the thing. I'm telling you right now, I have a really good feeling. Kittle's coming and he's coming to, to fucking bash that defense, man. Oh yeah, that's I didn't I, I yeah. think he wants Look, man, you remember last year? Was it last year or the year before when he was like, Buddha? I need to scream Buddha Baker's name. Yeah. Like, look, man, I want to smoke. I think Kittle's been away from football, and I think he's primed and ready to make some fucking plays. I didn't even think so, about that. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. We have I perfect- think Kittle's, I think he's hungry, man, and he's starving. So let's feed him, and it'll allow us to be able to go ahead and get this W along with running the ball properly. And if you mix the ball up, with with Jeff with uh with Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. if healthy and if he plays, then you have the perfect one to punch. Jeff is a goal line back. Him and Trey Sermon are one and the same as far as the you know like hitting hard with power. The only difference is Jeff has the experience and Trey Sermon does not. But if you mix that up and you run the ball down there because they have a trash run defense and remember JJ Watt isn't there to stop shit. So I'm going to tell you right now, Chandler Jones ain't got no business wanting to go up against Trent Williams. Nobody does. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football. And if anybody out there would like to challenge me, you see my thing right there. You can hit me up on YouTube. You can hit me at SwiftD on Twitter if you want to get the smoke with telling me that there's another left tackle that's better than Trent Williams. Because if you haven't seen the highlights, the man runs people literally into the ground. I've seen him almost bury and puts people in a casket. In his blocking schemes, okay? he's been doing it. He's been doing it since Oklahoma. So yeah, so I mean, <laughs> like, this, it, it is what it is. But um, I am, uh, I'm forty percent confident we win, sixty percent confident we lose. Either way, um, tomorrow's going to be the. I'm going to watch, and I'm going to pray to sweet baby Jesus that I did not waste my fucking day watching this game. I, I, that's the thing is, I I had forgotten that Kittle was coming back. So you saying that remind reminded me that. We don't have any excuse to not run the fucking ball. Yeah, Kittle and don't. Jeff Wilson Jr. have been upgraded to active uh, per ESPN. So yeah, I'm so trusting ESPN. So you know, we're, you know, we should already be able to run the ball well, and now our one of our best run blockers are in there. I mean, yeah, when you put dude, the, how, the, the how, whole thing is people when you put when you put George Kittle into the game. The run game gets increasingly well, better. You want to know? I why love I get Charlie so good? Warner. I love Ross Dwelly, but Kittle is a different animal. 
well, well, when think it comes about to it. blocking. Think about how exciting it has to be to be a running back and that you're thinking about at a, a lot of times you're running behind Juszczyk and Kittle at the same time. Yeah, and Kittle's like having an extra offensive lineman. I tell people this all the time. Remember, the reason he blocks so well is his daddy was an offensive lineman. If you and, act, That's exactly who yeah, his father and, was. And he's just a corn-fed white boy from Iowa. Pretty much, yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's just you that's, keep it a buck, a farm bro. Boy, dude. I, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you that. Like, I'm gonna keep it a buck, man. I, I like. I did look. Sometimes that's just what they are. You look at JJ Watt. I believe JJ Watt was Wisconsin. He was a Badger, Wisconsin. was he not? Dude, same those, thing. Yeah, those farm boys, white boy, that big bastard was doing his thing. We those, got a shout out. Farm boys, uh, dude. Our, yeah, we do. We got a shout out our guys here. Give me just a hot second here, buddy. I'm going to pull this up. My bad. Okay. So when I gamble, I always look forward. I always look for a way to get an edge. But in my bookie, they double your first deposit. So start with a leg up. Use promo code HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. Sign up now. Claim your first deposit bonus with my bookie and use the extra funds to kickstart your winning season. This weekend, lay the points with Arizona as they continue streaking in San Francisco and with Two top 10 offenses, the Titans and the Rams go toe-to-toe on Sunday night. You can safely smash the over at my at my bookie. Don't just take my word for it. Head to my bookie and sign up now using promo code HIVE to get your money doubled and start winning today. Remember, good friends don't let friends win alone. So have your buddies use the referral. Hey. We still on? Oh crap! Did I step? Did I stop off? I was I trying to read the my bookie joint, man. I was trying to read it. I think I think my my phone probably stopped me when I did it. I don't have it right with me here. Well, uh, it's okay. Um, Do you have it? Uh, the so wait the what? Sorry, the my no. Our, our we got to shout out my bookie, man. But at the put like this, I'll I'll give you a brief synopsis. Head over to MyBookie to go ahead and make sure that you, you know, go there for all of your betting needs. We got the Arizona Cardinals versus San Francisco 49ers. The Cardinals were on a six-game win streak, and then the Green Bay Packers came into town and smacked them in the face and stopped that win streak. The Titans and the Rams are going at it, and they have two of the top ten offenses in the league. So definitely when you go over to MyBookie.ag, uh, or should I say .com, um, my bookie will go ahead and double your first deposit up to $1,000. If you use a referral link and get your friends in on the action, which you should do because friends don't let friends uh, gamble alone and or win alone, you go ahead and bring them in, and that allows you to be able to get a 250% bonus on their deposit. And then at the same time, you got to remember, this is one of the biggest fights of the world going on tonight. Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant. That is some hard-hitting action right there, baby. You don't want to miss out on it. So if you want to make sure that you gamble with the best gambling site in the world, head over to mybookie.ag, place your bets, win some money, continue to tell your friends, tell everybody that you know, and at the end of the day, take your money, throw it in the air, let it come down and rain on you, and there's no party like raining money on yourself. Go to mybookie.ag. Alrighty, and then uh, for any of you guys in the the Bay Area, the San Jose area, um, go to uh, Body by uh, Body Work by Roger dot com and uh, book an appointment. Um, they give out some uh, pretty good massages over there. So um, if you feel like um, you're a little tense after watching a, a pretty stressful Niners game, head over to uh, Body Work by uh, by Roger and uh, relax a little bit. <laughs> We will all need a massage after these games, man, because if you're a real 49er fan, you really get stressed out with this, man. Oh, I need a fire going to help you out. Hey look, man. hey, look, man, I'm always stressed out watching the Niners game. Unless we're just winning and kicking ass, I'm tense. You know, my back hurts. You know, my neck starts to hurt. And I'm an older dude. I look yeah, – I'm 40, people. <laughs> I'm telling you all right now, I am 40 years old. I'm keeping it a buck. So – if after a forty dollar game, if we done lost, believe me, I done clinched, I done yelled, and I done pulled muscles I shouldn't be pulling no more in my age. So I definitely will have to go to Body Work by Roger to go ahead and get me some, you know, some some calming massage and you know get the little crazy music going and be able to relax and recover. But uh, that's my hey. dog right there, Lefty. I am Niner Gang Podcast. 
He is the man. I am just the man beside the man because we think very <laughs> much alike. Yeah, we are so sorry that that uh, that we didn't have B-dubs in the building to go ahead and join us. But he kept control of things. You got to remember, everything you see, that was him. So B-dubs is here with us in spirit. He's always, you know what I'm saying, hanging with us. And I appreciate the Forever Faithful podcast for allowing me to come in and go ahead and host, you know, along with, with my boy Christian. And uh, believe you me, at the end of the day, we are all faithful. We all want to win. And we all want to make sure that at the end of the day, we continue to get these W's to at least get in the playoffs. If we can pull off, you know, a uh, Giants where we sneak into the playoffs with, you know, with a real crappy record and pull off a W in the Super Bowl, I'm with it. I just would rather trade less when the Super Bowl than Jimmy Garoppolo because if Jimmy wins, then they're going to try to keep him here. And I don't need that. No, no, no. That's but not what they want. They're still going to trade him for a, He wins, we get final a first thoughts pick. You. Exactly. Final thoughts from you, Lefty. What what you got, baby? What What's going on? Um, Talk to me. I just, I don't know. I mean, I just, I want to see the run game working and I want to see us being able to run in between the tackles along with, you know, running outside. Um, that's, that's just what I want. I want to see. Um, I want to see, I don't want, I want to see the ball taken out of Jimmy's hand as much as possible. And we just keep running the ball. Um, and I want to see, you know, the rest of the receivers get more involved than just Debo all the time. <laughs> so um, I'm excited to watch a game. I'm excited for every game, even though it freaking, you know, Gives almost gives me a heart attack every single game. <laughs> um, exactly. I'm excited. I uh, I definitely um, I hate I hate the wait, especially Saturday nights, Sunday mornings. I hate sitting there waiting for the game to start. Um, up early, man. You tense, you thinking, you're like, oh, God, oh, no. what am I gonna do? Why is that starting to just start the game already? So I don't go insane. I'm t- I might be one of the few people that hate Sunday night football when my team's playing. <laughs> Yeah, it's stressful, man. It's very stressful. Um, The only reason I like it is strictly based on the fact that I can watch all the other teams play and see how my fantasy is doing. That's the only reason that I care for it is because then by by then, hopefully, I have already won my fantasy and the people that we have playing are just a bonus because I have Debo Samuel in both of my fantasy leagues and he's been doing very well. But my final thoughts simply are Gold Niners, give the fans a home win and you will get off your back. You give us a home loss, especially against Colt McCoy, we're going to rip you a brand new one. You think what Kyle and Jimmy had on the sidelines or what Kyle and Brandon Ayuk had as far as a back and forth spat was anything? <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. I am Dion, a.k.a. Niner Gang Podcast. That's my boy Christian, a.k.a. Lefty. He out this joint, baby. Yep. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next time.